Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome to the middle of the week. That means it's time for Read It and Weep, a podcast that used to be about books. I am your host, taking you through the season three journey. I'm Alex Falcone, recording in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. Um, a uh, quick thing I want to mention before we get started today is uh, I actually basically I need to talk to you you two about this, which is that I um, accidentally created a hoax this week. Oh no! And I need to talk to somebody about it. What did um, you do? Why did you do this? Where did you do this? I on the internet, and I um uh. So what happened was I uh, I as a stand up bit, like four or five months ago, back when we used to go places and do things. Um, I wrote a joke because NASA was accepting applications to be astronauts, new astronauts, and I wrote a joke about how I would be bad at it. And the joke did not go super well. And then the world got shelved. And so I sat on it for a little while. And so a couple weeks ago, I was thinking of ways to like use some old material and try to what to keep myself busy. So I thought I would take that piece. I had this idea that I would take that piece and write a funny thing about how bad I would be as an astronaut. And my the, the format I came up with was I would write a fake rejection letter from NASA as if I had applied to be an astronaut that was just like listing all the reasons why I clearly would not like clearly this is a bad application mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I just used all these jokes and then I had some other jokes in it I wrote this very fun fake rejection letter from NASA put it on my blog um, and uh, um, here's the thing about stuff on the blog normal readership is in the tens yeah maybe dozens like a good post is in the dozens dozens uh, wow yeah Possibly dozens of reads. Although I try not to look at the stats too carefully because it also tells you how many people have finished it, and that number is always so much lower. Um, so, uh, but anyway, no one reads this thing. But so I wrote it, and I put, I, and I was originally going to like put some energy into making it look like a fake, like put it on NASA letterhead and like make it look like a letter was my funny idea. And then I was like, ugh, that's a lot of work. So I just typed it into medium the blog software so i put no effort into faking it and i I signed the name of the um the fake hr person uh as just my neighbor's name because he's got a cool name i've never spoken to him but he he gets packages and so i've seen his cool name and uh anyway so i posted about it some people liked it and some people also thought it was real and both of those two two things was a surprise to me both of, both of those were big shocks. Oh no! And, and at first, I was like, "It's like my sister was like, that's not real, is it?" And I was like, "You're very smart. <laughs> Why do you think this is real?" And uh, a friend of the pod, Nathan, who is like a math genius, he was like, "Wow, this is pretty funny." But it's like crazy that they actually wrote you back. And I was like, "You're so smart. <laughs> Why would you think? How do people think it's real?" And then somebody I had posted on Facebook, and somebody like a like reshared it, and a friend of a friend did this thing where they took screen caps of the blog and posted it on Imgur. Mm-hmm. Imgur. Yes. And um, when you screenshot it and put it on Imgur, it looks way more like fake letterhead. Like it looks like a letter kind of. Mm-hmm. And so it took off on Imgur. And oh, no. it, was like, it was like the number four most viral thing on, on Imgur on Friday. And I started getting emails from people like found my website, went through there and were like, Hey, I love that it. it's so funny. Can you show me the original application? Because I bet it's got even more funny stuff in it. And that's like the hardest person to have hoaxed is somebody who likes me. Mm. Wow. Like now I have to disappoint you 
twice because not only are you not going to get the thing you asked for, but also like I have to shatter your dreams. But it was like you should have just told him. Uh, I'm sorry, it's uh, under NDA. I can't yeah. show you it. It's oh, okay, uh, so, you, so your thing is into the hoax is clearly your suggestion. Yeah. I never meant it to be a hoax. I just but wanted make, to make a joke. But why not make? Now you can make it a more. You can deepen the hoax, mm-hmm. which your hoaxer now, and. You can also deepen the joke, get make this application and give it to them, okay? Yeah. You're gonna, you it. can't re like close like a uh, Pandora's box. You know what I mean? It's out there. No matter what, somebody is going around thinking like, man, I know Alex got that letter. There are Alex NASA truthers out there now. <laughs> so you gotta lean into it. I um I actually I got an email from Board Panda and they were like, hey, we want to post this thing we found on Imgur um, and we have some questions for you. But first, just confirm to me it's not real. Like, I know it's not real, but my editor would just like you to say it's not real. And I was like, yeah, it's not real. And they put on the thing. So they posted about it and they, they we were uh, my, my article was very highly ranked just below a cat that guards watermelons at the farmer's market. <laughs> um, It's really weird being on viral stuff, uh, but yeah. it was like. It said in the article, not real. It was like, check out this funny letter. And then at the bottom, it was like, is it real? Of course it's not real. And yet, the comments were all people going like, either I love it or obviously this isn't real. And then someone else would jump in and be like, it says it's not real. Did you read the thing? But like, even on the thing, it said it's not real. And then I got I got an email from a, an Australian radio station yesterday, ABC Melbourne, who asked me to come on and talk about my... NASA application and I was like only if you're okay with the fact that it's not real and the thing that that producer had read was the article on board panda that said it is not real so like even like media people don't have the media literacy to assume that it's not real and I just I mean I like wait, wait, so they, so now they're not going to have you because they because you told them it's not real no no they were like yeah we'll still talk to you cool, cool, oh, okay good I, I oh, thought wait. you were saying you missed out well, no, but I was just like, how did you read the article about it not being real and then ask me? And, and then and they were like, out. they were disappointed, but they were like, oh, we can still have some stuff. We can talk about rejection letters. It'll be fun. Well, I think the what the story really shows is that you tapped in to something that's very deep. And I think most people alive today, which is I could probably be an astronaut. And then, <laughs> I mean, no, no, I life. could not be an astronaut. Like, it's the one, two. Because it solves yeah. both fantasies. It solves like, yeah, I should send them a letter. And then that other part of your brain that's like, do you have any idea how NASA would look down at you and just tell you you could not do this? It would be like, because like, you not only have to be an, you have to be like a genius and an athlete at the same time. Yeah. And even still, they take like 10 a year or 10 every couple years. Like there's more XFL quarterbacks. Like it's just, it's just not a likely job. It's so crazy that I did, like, and the reason I I was looking at all this is because they yeah, they apply they put out applications. I was like, yeah, I should probably apply for this. I should be an astronaut. I've always wanted to be an astronaut. This would be perfect. But then I also, and then like part of the motivation was also I feel like I don't think any of us actually want to be astronauts. It seems like a real shit job. Like it's cool to get to see the Earth from space, but like my my realization was like you're just. Like, you know, when you get, you're flying somewhere and you have to like, they're like, hey, sorry, we can't land right now. And you have to like circle around the airport. Yeah. That being an astronaut is you just do that for six months and 
with like only two friends in the plane and you poop into a vacuum cleaner. And that is right. what being, and if you go outside, your organs explode. Like that's what being an astronaut actually is. It does not seem that fun. Are astronauts really personable or like, like, is that part of it? Cause you'd think you'd have to be a pretty chill dude on top of all these other things. Cause it's like, you're going to have to be question. in a little capsule. Such a good question. I don't know if they look for that, but they have to, it seems yeah, like they like, have to be looking work. for chillness, like good vibes. And, and I wonder if that's also, on the application. If you can tell, not me. Like I, I have ruined more than one road trip and more than one book club. Like I'm not, I am not fun to be around. I'm not good in small spaces. Oh, not, I, I, yeah. I bet, I bet I could road trip with you, and it would you, be fine. Your chill, because your chill is so strong that my problems would you you would tolerate them. But like, mm-hmm. man, yeah, my, yeah. My, my chill is astronaut level. I'm gonna start saying I that think from it now is. on. I think it probably is, and I mine is not. Uh, I'm anyway, space so chill. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's super cold. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's practically it's cold. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, so that's what I've been up to this week. Um, I'm going to go to jail for love it. Ho- you no, uh, but you should have kept the. Ho- I, I hope you understand that you had an opportunity to kind of like almost like. I mean, I feel, almost feel like that's how Trump became president. You know what I mean? You had your Trump president moment where you could have gone along. You could have just been like, "Yeah, I'll double di- double down on this lie for the rest there, of my life," and then who person. knows how far you would have gotten? Yeah, you probably would have became an astronaut. There's a person on the board panda who commented and just said, you should run for president. I'd vote for you. And I want to be like, this is what this, this is, is how problem. it happens. This That's is literally how, how it happens. I love this. I, I'm proud of this article. You should not vote. For, That's awful. You I'm telling have. you, dude, if you kept pressing this eventually. So here's what would happen. NASA would see the letter and they would be like, oh, my God, we sent such a mean rejection letter to this mm. guy. We should reconsider his application. See, I, I think it's going to be. Uh, NAS- you won't get a response from NASA. It will be whoever like the first big commercial space flight is. They're like, yeah. we're gonna get a seat for Virgin that guy. That Virgin NASA, Black. that NASA just ripped a new Condescended to for yeah. all for us all to see. I'm gonna get an I'm gonna get an email from Jeff Bezos that I can fly on his space his tourist rocket. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, You'll be a commercial I, astronaut, not I, not a regular one. You could be a space food tester. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, interesting. Um, I do like, I do love astronaut ice cream. That is like one of the main reasons I would want to be an astronaut is just to get all my food to be crunchy. I don't know. I like it. Is um, that how it works? Do they just eat ice cream for I think the whole time? I assume. Yeah, you just eat astronaut ice cream. That's your whole food source. Going to space <sighs> and getting your tonsils taken out. Same experience, basically. <laughs> very similar. Very similar. Yeah. Um, so let me introduce you to the panel today. Um, oh, actually, one other thing I want to say that will not spark as long of a conversation, but I just want to say also that I am um, blown away, continue to be blown away by our Metreon. Um, so we're going to thank a new meet, meet Buddy later on the show, but I do just want to take a second and thank a couple of longtime Meet Buddies who moved over. And I really should have been spending more time thanking these long-term Meet Buddies anyway, because like uh, Leanne uh, moved over this week. Uh, Leanne was Meet Buddy number seven from back in 2014. Nice. And that deserves so much more than we give. Welcome and back. Yeah. No, not I'm like didn't leave. Just stayed here till oh. now. Oh, sorry, I and misunderstood. <laughs> I didn't think so, that was possible. <laughs> I know, I didn't either. It's crazy. Uh and uh also this week, uh so also just shout out to Leanne and to Lindsay who started in twenty fifteen and also Claire with no eye, uh who's been wow. with us in twenty seventeen. So just just incredible uh fortitude from you uh, and and so anyway you're 
Yeah, Your the fan generosity. stamina that y'all yeah, are, are fan representing. Stamina. Fan stamina is exactly right. So um, th- your your incredible generosity and um, somewhat incomprehensible taste is what keeps the show going, and we really appreciate it. So thanks for helping us keep keep us, keep us floating down the tracks. You can go to metreon.com to join our Patreon and become a meat buddy. All right, let me just do the panel today uh, who we've been hanging out with already. He's at, at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter in Southeast Portland. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, Alex. That is your real name. Apparently a goddamn hoaxer and gun artist. I could be any. you've been lying to me about all these years, huh? What's I mean, the long con? It is interesting that my biggest hoax was like, I'm not good enough for an astronaut school. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know what? That's like the inverse of how L. Ron Hobart started. You know, he started with like, I'm too good for astronaut school. Oh. Everyone wants me. So maybe That's you're like. interesting version is I should have, I should write the, re- like NASA sending me a letter saying that that rejection is obviously fake because I'm clearly out of their league. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like you're the up. inverse L. Ron Hobart is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's so, what a lot of people say about me. Yeah. You um, produce a lot of stuff. Uh, you write a lot. You're a hoaxer. I mean, what other things you have in common with that weird man? I just figured out you were saying Elron Hubbard from Scientology. For a second, for some reason in my head, I was picturing Ron Howard. Yep. Um, is that a common mistake? Because when you were like inverse, I was like, well, I am tall and not redheaded. That's pretty pretty opposite. Instead of um, a talented brother, you have a talented sister. It's true. So, that's yeah, true. you're the opposite of Ron Howard, too. Um, also rounding out the panel today, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd. Uh, between two Popeyes in Portland, it's Hunter Donaldson. Hey, buddy. hey, what up? What up? Hunter, why don't you start out this week by telling us um, if people were hanging out with you on Letterboxd, what would they learn that you have watched this week? Oh, no, I forgot to update my Letterboxd. I watched, uh, I don't really want to talk about it very much because I want to talk about this video game. I'm Letterboxd than you are. I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I generally log on right before the show recording and update the stuff that I watched. Uh, I... Elena really wanted to watch The Lion King. Um, tight, tight movie, that movie. Um, not a wasted moment. That's basically all I have to say about it. I assume you mean the animated one. Yeah, definitely not the CG one the or the whatever it is. What did they do? Is it uh, They're real animals, right? It's like no. a Homeward Bound no, thing. No, it's no, uh, I'm just I'm just screwing around. I know they're I know no. they're not real animals. <laughs> Only one real shot in the whole movie. Did you know that? I, I did know not that. know that. The they, opening shot, the shot of the sun, that's an yeah. actual film. <laughs> that's a, an actual sun. Yes. And then shot. everything else in that movie is 100% um, computer animated. Man, yeah. I'm, I mean, I know you, you don't feel like you have a lot to say about this, but man, Lion King sure is good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always film. forget how short those Disney movies from my childhood are, though. Because I'll be like, oh, I really want to watch, you know, whatever. I Actually, like like a year ago, I was like, I really want to watch Beauty and the Beast for some reason. Oh, and, yeah. I, you know, you sit down, you start watching it, and you're like, yeah, there's all these scenes I remember that are great. And I bet there's a bunch of stuff I don't remember. Nope. Turns out I remember the whole movie because uh, there's nothing else in the movie, <laughs> basically. They're all just like ex- just every all, scene. All bangers when they're out. Yeah, and Lion King was like that too. Where I was like, "Is this movie almost over? It's over. What? This is over. It's literally just all the things I, that I could remember, and that's it." Um, but yeah, I mean, the, what what am I going to say about Lion King? Come on, what um, am I going to say? Well, so 
here's one thing that I will say about Lion King is that uh, my wife and I started reading Hamlet this week, so I'm mm-hmm. going to understand it on a much deeper level mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. Lion Hamlet. King Part yeah. One, I hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, exactly. The prequel. Yeah. Main uh, thing I take away from Lion King every time I watch it is just uh, the fact that like the opening scene of that movie, which like was the trailer that they released. The fact that they were able to like follow that with a movie that's actually that good yeah. blows my mind. Like every time the you know the whole opening scene happens and you get that huge slam and it says the Lion King, I'm just like, that's that's a perfect movie right there. Yeah. It itself. They have to follow that. What assholes? Have you either of you guys seen the musical? No, I, I haven't. I really want to. Uh, it's. I mean, I'm not breaking any ground here. It's very good. Uh, it's one of the musical. This has happened to me a couple of times. There's something about uh, music and choreography and costume done like very, very well at the beginning of a show that makes me cry. And I don't know why, but the opening musical number of Lion King, the musical, I uh, both times I saw it, I like was just a mess of tears. That's so you. That is but, so you. But that's Isn't also it? a real it's like so beautiful. It's like a real you having your thumb on the scale type thing because it is the opening of the lion king which is just right. like by itself so yeah it's so, so good incredible. but also been done with like the costumes for that show are legendary and they come from all parts of the theater and so it's just it, it it's so engrossing it's just so it feels so um yeah it just kind of takes over completely and it's all right just, well, wait um, i got i got something i got a little lion king thing we can toss just to kind of toss the ball around real quick we're doing uh, a is, pretty good job already oh no i love it but i just want here's here's something that i kind of do with all these classic disney movies what's the musical number you could do without there's always one let's not be real or let's be real <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's always one that's kind of like eh, I could skip this one. I mean, this Lion, not that great. Lion King's a little unfair because it only has like four or five songs. Sure, it, yeah, right. It's and like you know, actually, song ones. There's like you know, it's good to be king. I guess would be like by I mean, yeah, default. My favorite. It's it's like it's the hopes and aspirations songs. So you yeah, gotta this, have it. And there's just not enough songs in the Lion King For to me, really take the love tonight. Is the cheesiest part. But yeah. Then, but what about when she gives him those fuck me eyes? You know what no, I mean? I know. Like, I know. Hot, I know. It's pretty it's hot. Worth it, but, uh, it changed the culture more than anything we've ever talked about on this yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, uh, I, I guess Hakuna Matata is worth like, not that I would get rid of this, but, but as far as oh. like least favorite things, it does have the longest animated fart scene I've ever seen. Yeah, but that's like one of my favorite parts of the movie, dude. Watch, watch the, your step right now. Watch your step, bro. There's a whole okay? verse about his gas, and I don't totally need that. It's great. It's a good he joke. Okay, it's a it's it's very funny. Okay, I don't. I never favorite. like the bad guy songs. Honestly, what? he prepared as the okay. All the bad guy songs in Disney are the best parts, and this oh, is probably that's interesting. I feel like I I feel like I always like kind of. I, they always kind of lose me a little bit. I feel like the animation Dude. in that sequence isn't very interesting either. There's a lot of oh, um, all the Nazi imagery. 
Uh, yeah, but that's really like just on the nose and also like not a very good analogy for hyenas like they get a little confused with the characterization of the hyenas there are these three that have personalities and they act exactly how you think a hyena would and the rest are nazis that doesn't yeah. make any sense yeah that's a little weird yeah you're right yeah, i'll give you, you that get, However, you get, he prepared is the best song in that, that film by a lot you coast I, a lot oh, on man jeremy irons just being jeremy irons and that's right scene. right I man, uh, 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 life is the best song in yeah yeah yeah. I mean, no, uh, uh, be prepared is the one song I believe they actually do not do in the live action remake. I believe I haven't actually seen it. Huh. Maybe but they I've don't heard, like that song very good. Yeah, I've but. heard that he has a maybe a different song, but yeah, that's like one of the only songs they did not bring over. I one think is in the musical. Scar dies. Like Scar doesn't disappear off screen. They just fucking well, he, kill him. He dies in the movie horribly. He, he yeah. falls. No, he disappears off screen. In the movie, they like no. kill him no. and show you his corpse. Oh, God. In the musical. Well, I mean, it's not gross, but it's just well, like. No. In the movie, he falls off the cliff and then the hyenas murk him. Well, they yeah. jump in, but you don't see it is what I'm saying. You it's just see the blind. shadows of it. Yeah. yeah. You see him. You see him murking him. I, I, yeah. I, I love Disney villain songs. I've talked about this before, but like uh, be prepared. Poor unfortunate souls from the little mermaid is one of the best songs of all time. It's so, I might be with you there actually. Now I think about it, but, um, uh, the, um, the crap song song in no, Gaston's song is not, it's okay. That's not my, my favorite of them. Um, but the, um, the, the crab, the giant crab in Moana, which is, um, Jermaine Clement. Yeah. 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 Doing, uh, David Bowie is just an incredible villain song. Right. Uh, yeah, okay, like fine. I'm I'm a little more split on it than I thought. Okay, I just had a couple examples on the top of my dome, but it's not actually um, a trend. No. The one from uh, the one from uh, Hunchback uh, from Hunchback is like about genocide. Yeah, Hunchback is so weird though. It's like I don't even know who they fucking made that movie for. Wait, sorry, Hunchback yeah. is the movie's about genocide, but his villain song is "This no, Girl like, Is Going to Have Sex with Me or I'll Kill Her." Yeah. This, and it's it sounds like so the faith so with all the fire. But I mean, also, I feel like we're we're discussing good movie in Disney music, good music in Disney musicals. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of good songs just across the board. It's I'm just that I, as an art one form, style. I love the villain ones. I yeah, love I the think, I think that just says more about you and who you relate <laughs> with in movies. Uh, normally, no, I'm the happy ending guy. You can't make fun of me for being the happy ending guy and the poor unfortunate souls guy. I just like the I like minor keys and deep voices and just really people belting it out. You also are like Hellfire. You've said That's on cool. this podcast multiple times you want the the guy who's trying to tear down the rec center to win. You know, you inherently have uh what? No, not like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't like I always, I always root for the guy who's trying to tear down the place to fit up the condos. You know, that's good. I've never said that. That doesn't sound like me yeah. at all. And you, with like underdog stories, you're always like with the bad guy. Who, in underdog stories, I do feel bad for the team that actually trained at the sport that loses to the team that does a trick play. I do feel bad about that. Um, but uh, I'm going to use that, in fact, just to jump into my what yes. I watched this week yes, because. Yes. Um, 
uh, I, I'm not going to talk about a movie. The only other movie I watched this week is Grand Bud- Budapest Hotel, which I do want to let you guys know I fucking loved. So yeah, yeah ne- knew it. I'm now seen another. Well, it's funny because like sometimes I talk about my wife on the podcast, and she can she only hears half the con- or third of the conversation. So I'll walk into the room, and she'll be like, "What were you saying about me?" So I came out of the podcast last week, and she's like, "What did I say you would hate?" <laughs> And I was like, oh, you know, I said I like Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I don't you you said that I wouldn't like uh, his other movies. And she was like, oh, yeah, stand by that. Uh, but I'd be interested if you wanted to try. And so we tried the, she, and she thought this would be the one I would like the best. And I did. It's a delight. Yes. What a great film. Very good. Yeah. Just just the most beautiful thing. But what I want to talk about instead, also very briefly, though, since I've talked so much today already, um, is that uh, I watched sports uh, this week um, because Premier League Boo. is back. I know you guys are not Boo. big sports people. Boo. However, I, yeah, I know you're not big sports people. But look, I listen to you guys talk about video games a lot, and I feel like you should give this to me. Um, All but, right. I'm, I'm Here, let me put a timer on. <laughs> yeah. I got a pocket full of flags. I'm ready to pull on you, buddy, if you... All right, Here's I'm start, I'm starting my no no no. Hey, I'm I'm gonna shut up and I'm gonna start my stopwatch right now. Okay, I'm timing you. Okay, let, just, me, let me ask you a question. Um, okay, what's your favorite uh, favorite song off the album? You know, sports, sports album. Huey, Huey Lewis in the news. That's what we're talking about, right? No, uh, but if you want to talk about music, uh, so my favorite uh, sports team is Liverpool Football Club, and their song is called "Never Walk." You'll never walk alone, and it's. Really a beautiful song and uh, makes me cry sometimes also. But um, the anyway, Premier League Soccer is back and it's just been the most incredible thing to get to watch. And my team is going to win this year and it's very exciting. And they're, they've are they been an underdog for a while, but 30 years since they won this title and they're definitely going to get it. It's very exciting. But I just want to tell you, um, try to make something that you guys would care about. The one thing I think you guys would be interested in is that because they're playing in empty stadiums, what the what NBC Sports has done there and they've got the contract to show these games is they put fake crowd noise in. Mm-hmm. Like a laugh track. Yeah. Like, yeah, like a laugh track. They put in a cheer track during the game, and it is the most awful and weird thing, and I hate it so much, and I want it to die. Um, but they... And I know that sports a lot of the time do fake sounds. There's some really interesting, uh, there's some really interesting 99% invisible about fake sports sounds, but just having, and they'll, and they, and they fuck it up because they'll be like a goal will get scored and they'll play the cheering noise. And then sometimes it looks like a goal went in, but it didn't. And they'll play the cheering noise and then they'll have to stop and it'll be really That's awkward. Hilarious. Yeah, it's That's like hilarious. So hilariously bad. The WWF does that with like sweetening the audience sound. If they're like booing, sure. supposed to yeah. be a good guy, they'll change those boos to, Cheers. Oh, weird. Uh, are, the are, live or are they doing that live? They're doing it live, yeah. When they wow. air live, yeah. Crazy. The I I this is just so because you see like sweetening, I understand, and that's one thing that probably a lot of sports are doing. But the idea of just you see an empty stadium and then hear cheering is so weird. Um, and what I think so here's my proposal: instead of fake crowd noise, what I think people should do, sports should do, is each team gets to bring one drunk dad to sit on their side of the stadium and yell at the ref the whole game. And I, then we just I love it. We hear normal game sounds and drunk dad yelling at the ref. Yeah. Can, can can is it an actual dad is it somebody's dad or is it just a random dad that they found not even it's, related to anybody on the team? Yeah, I would say not one of the players dads but a dad. Just I'd some dad. Cuz if it's love- a, it be a single guy because it has to be somebody who like is embarrassing someone else. That's the mm-hmm. key. 
There has to be mm-hmm. setting a bad example happening. That's why I want him to be a dad. Yeah. I, I think we should lean into the film school kind of stuff and get like Hans Zimmer to compose live. Oh my god, yes, you're nailing to it. The, to the like that would get me watching. If it was just like epic drums and doing the lols, it was like soft I, and sweet and you could, you know. I am super like, into the Dude, but just get an orchestra in there and have the conductor is just going based off the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to I want to like see characters falling in love on the field by picking yeah. like yeah. a night loves melody behind oh, yeah, you, have, like, you guys get up and they're like arguing over whether the song was a foul but then you play sweet loves music and you have to I pipe mean, in the stadium too they hear it not just me think about like ha- uh, making like a villain player putting a big villain theme behind oh. that's i'd watch oh, that prepared i'm i'm so into this idea that Anthony, sounds so good um so uh, got a little bit of a sort of journey on what I was going to talk about this week. Uh, for those of you who do not know, this sun last Sunday was a uh, Father's Day, which yeah. I not a huge fan of the day. Always get really uh, depressed around Father's Day, so I uh, made the choice to watch Ad Astra for some reason, which is a very depressing movie about fathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was not a good combination to it. Uh, but I watched that, and I was kind of like, had some really interesting thoughts to sort of say about that movie. And I was going to talk about that on this podcast today. Uh, but then on a whim last night, uh, my wife and I watched Moonstruck. And you know what? Fuck Ed Astra. Have you guys seen Moonstruck? No. That I movie mean, rules. I've not seen these. Are they both space movies? No. Uh, well, I mean, the space between us is what Moonstruck is. Moonstruck is... Uh, a delightful comedy from the 80s starring Cher and Nick Cage and a bunch of other Italian uh, Cher was the best actress for this movie. Uh, Nick Cage is incredible in it. It's just a very delightful sort of rom-com uh, based a lot around like family and love. It won, or I think was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Uh, just fantastic movie. I thought I was going to come in here and be a real bummer, but uh, instead... You, is it just about dads, or is Ad Astra also a bad movie? Ad Astra is a beautiful movie. It looks incredible. It uh, it definitely is probably like a very you know, realistic, grounded way, but I thought the movie was just sort of visuals. I thought it was very boring and dry, and like, yeah, it's about how much dads suck, which is like, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds inspired, but and I, I like it because of the space aspect. No, it's if you like in the space aspect, it's a beautiful movie. It uh, definitely looks incredible. But I would suggest instead of watching that, check out Moonstruck because it is one of the most delightful movies. I've yeah, this seen. sounds this sounds great. Hold me on, I just, I just abs- made a note to pull it up. Absolutely hilarious, great characters. It's nice and short, but it has a bunch of really good different plot lines in it. Um, yeah, I went into not really knowing anything about Moonstroke besides hearing it was very good and I loved it. So awesome. I could I not suggest that, that movie so enough. I um I always write down every time we chat like three things that I want to watch and I so rarely actually get the time to watch them for you. But uh, I guess with the exception of uh watching uh, um uh, the hotel. So I did watch Grand Budapest for you, but everything else. Anyway <laughs> my memory is just real shit. Um but anyway, I'll put this on the list. That sounds super fun. Um, all right. Let's use the remaining few minutes of the show. 
talk about this week's topic. So this is uh, the continuation of season three, uh, slightly condescending film school. Uh, this is episode number 24. This week, we are talking about the 1979 film, The Warriors. Yeah. Hunter, this was your selection. Mm-hmm. Why did you pick The Warriors for us? Well, I, I saw it when I was, I saw it whenever they made, so they made like a video game adaptation of it in like the mm-hmm. 2000s. Uh, Ooh. When I was like, I guess I was like 15 or something. And I was like, I saw the game and I think the game was just kind of okay. I think it was just kind of a like 3D beat em up, just kind of normal game. Um, but I was like interested in the movie. So I watched the movie and I remember liking it quite a bit. But uh, what's interesting about it is, you know, we watched a low budget uh, kind of 80s uh, movie that was set in L.A. and really shows a uh, very very much doesn't hide the fact that it's set in LA. It very distinctively looks like LA. So I was thinking like the warriors is very distinctively New York. Um, and it has a similar budget and also similar period of time. Although I would say that's kind of where the distinctions end uh, or where, where the similarities end, because uh, it is not a science fiction movie uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But it, it was it's pretty low. It's like indie budget. It's like four million bucks. They I mean, it is almost like a urban fantasy film. Sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it opens with a an analogy to a sword and sandal epic. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a lot of movies say this, uh, but this is one of those films that's like really influenced. But this is like it's just straight up the Odyssey, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, in a I modern day fantasy, that's not the Greek myth that they mention at the opening. But it definitely feels like the Odyssey to me, but, especially. I mean, this- this movie is literally yeah. That this is literally what he just was like. I'm going to make the Odyssey, but about weird Batman villain gangs in New York City. Yeah. So let me well, give you guys the summary of this movie, yeah, ahead, and then we'll go ahead. come back to that idea. Um, because I think we've we've given you most of what you need to know already. But let me just tell you what I've written down for my my famous patented three sentence summary Love of it. the movie Warriors. It's the Odyssey. If instead of one Greek trying to find the way home after a war. It's a New York gang trying to get from the Bronx all the way out to Coney Island after midnight, which means, you know, even though it's a city that never sleeps, the subway does turn local at like 10 p.m. So it's a really slow going um, there. And by the way, these are gangs. And that's only one sentence. So I still got plenty of room. Yeah, these yeah. Are, they're, they're gangs, but not in the sense that I'm used to where it's like scary bad. This is more like the one time I was on the max in Portland and it stopped at the convention center and I didn't realize there was a barbershop quartet convention. <laughs> And they all came on the. It was like that. It's just like each of the gangs has like a thing and a fun yeah. vest or a hat or it's makeup. closer to Santa Con than it is <laughs> like much gangs. To Santa Con. Uh, I mean, they're literally Batman henchmen. Like, yeah, they, they very much. Are. There's like one of the gang. The most Batman henchmen is the uh, uh, the baseball clowns. What were they called? Uh, mm. I mean, uh, the the uh, Furies. The baseball Furies. Fury. I mean, yeah. the, the orphans. Uh, totally Batman henchmen. I mean, for sure, you, you could see them following a bad guy who was called, you know, like the Rat King and his orphan boys. <laughs> it's just like they are, but they're so they're so adorable. They do like to fight, but not in like the scariest ways. Um, anyway, so the gang dressed up as a barbershop quartet fights a series of other gangs dressed like that as they slowly ride the subway home, and that's the movie. Uh, yeah. So that's my 
that was a lot of commas, so I'm sort of cheating on this recent. I'm surprised, because... actually. I, I always expect you to mention the problematic aspects of the movie in the three-sentence sem- uh, summary. Su- yeah, That's something you I'm do a lot. No, I made it a whole other segment, so we're going to come oh. back to that. <laughs> well, oh, okay, cool. I, That's cool. I, have a, I have a question for you. I just got to get this out of the way right now. Um, did you dig it? <laughs> um, I, Could you for, dig it? I'm Could sure you dig not, it? I... <laughs> I it's, it's very funny it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very funny question for people who've watched the movie. Um, but as a serious answer, we're going to come to that later after the segment. Um, uh, well, and but, I feel uh, like you you left out one uh, very important thing from your summary. Uh, so I don't know if you got from this. Like, there's definitely nothing going on in culture that would kind of make you think about this right now. But it's not just you know them running against other gangs. It's against them also running. From the biggest gang in the city, NYPD. The NYPD. Well, I don't know. Yeah, if yeah. those those rioters, those those NYPD looters. <laughs> uh, I mean, the NYPD does straight up murder one of these guys. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Which is crazy. Wait, are you talking? Yeah. What a crazy concept. The NYPD. No, no, no. I, mean, I, am, yeah, no, no, I know that that part's not crazy, but he just throws the guy in front of the subway, which is pretty gnarly for even this terrorist organization. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, they are the biggest gang in New York, but only because the other gangs haven't unified. You know, if the gangs got together, I mean, that's the thing of all the things that I skipped over that was, that are actually important to mention. The main thing is that like, if this starts with uh, gang con, basically in New York, it's the, it's the the gathering of the gangalos where they meet in a park in the Bronx or eight representatives of each gang get together in a park in the Bronx and the coolest gang's cool leader is like you know you guys if we if we if we Voltron together as one super gang there's more of us than there are cops and we own uh, New York Alex, which is called collective action okay yeah, I'm, not the Voltron. Interesting. I wish I wish he hadn't been murdered setting off the plot of the whole movie because I really would have liked to hear more of this plan what do they do once they own New York? What is their plan? Like, it feels like we take over New York, step two, step three, profit. Like, it just, are you going to run, like, are, what are, are you the, are you the mob now? Are you going to run garbage? Like, right, what's your plan right. with all these people who just kind of own neighborhoods? Yeah. Are you going to export people? Are you going to set up a lot of governments? Are you going to run candidates for office like a political machine? What's your plan here, cool dude? Anyway, but instead he gets murdered for no good reason and the movie starts. Right away, um, too. I mean, it's like, you know, they kind of just get right to it. Yeah, and so I guess to actually help you with the plot. So they're all they're all gang con. Cool guy is saying we should all join up, join forces. Someone shoots him, and then someone else blames the warriors who are uh, our gang, I guess, well, even though I don't like them. Technically, the same guy blames them, shoots them, and blames them. It's yeah. a really, it's a real two pronged plan. Yeah, and it's uh, just because one of the warriors saw him do it, so they're the yeah. only ones that could actually say what actually happened. Right, and so the word goes out, and uh, all the gangs in New York are trying See, to kill. It's where, like, Lee Harvey Oswald and John Wilkes Booth went wrong. You know, they shot the guy, and then they didn't immediately blame somebody else if they had. Or another way to say it, when the FBI shot Kennedy, they immediately said it was that guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. That's that's where we're looking to go here. We could discuss. Um, 
Yeah. So first of all, um, let's let's go back to what you were saying, Hunter. A couple of things you said from your why. Um, the mm-hmm. the first one is the budget. So uh, you said this is low budget, but my yes. feeling watching it was, if they paid each of the extras one dollar, this is a ten million dollar movie. Right, but it is. There are so many gang members. Yeah, the gang con scene is so massive. Yeah. Plus, it goes off a lot of New York subway stations. Sure, sure. Okay, so well, a couple this things. It looks expensive to me. It does, uh, and and I think so. The difference between this movie and I think Repo Man is that this, and this is not no shade at Repo Man. I think I actually like Repo Man better as a movie, yeah. but um, the difference here is the way they're allocating the amount of resources that they have. Um, Repo Man has like real actors that have real chops not to say yes. that all the acting in the warriors is bad but there's i would not say there's a single performance that is like on a on par with like emilio estevez or like mm. um what's his name harry dean stanton like yeah, yeah. that level of in- the investment was not placed in those aspects of the movie instead they were investing in things like costumes and uh, they had, I mean, obviously they shot a lot of New York at night, yeah. uh, which is, you know, kind of hard cheaper, to yeah. do. That's it's smarter, though, because during the day you'd have to get a lot. The permits would be more expensive during the day. Yeah, I actually think there is a little bit of controversy of them like shooting without permission, I believe. Some oh, parts of I this like movie. I had heard that, but I actually I'm not seeing anything about it now. So maybe that oh, isn't it. Maybe I made that up, but I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, also, it, you know. One of the things about like these sort of John these sort of types of movies is the way that like, those limitations become like reflected in the story itself by setting it over one night when they have to yeah. get you know, thirty miles. It makes it so it's like okay, everything's going to be done at night. We're not going to have to worry about you know like these busy places, right? Uh, you we can get a lot of like distance out of like low lighting situations and things like that like leaning into all these like elements about like that your story benefits from having a low budget it's just like it's good clever yeah, filmmaking super interesting and when i was watching as soon as it was clear that they like as soon as the like this is clearly the game they have to try to get home across new york in one and this movie is going to be one night of this chase like it was very exciting uh mm-hmm. I, like I, I was really I'm really into the concept of it and I have gone I because I would like when I'm in New York I'll go do shows and the shows a lot of the shows are in Brooklyn and they're late and then I was staying with my buddy who lived up in the Bronx and that is a long train and that's not even the whole way of right. this and right. it would take maybe two hours plus to get home and no one was trying to kill me like it was already so exciting um so I like the concept of it was super interesting mm. um but I, and 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 like the style is exactly i think the the visual of it is so interesting like seeing where the money went is such a yeah i love that you said it that way so there's no actors you've ever heard of but they did spend a lot on customized leather vests yeah 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 and the co- i mean the baseball furies have such a complex get up i mean every you know they they show you so many essentially extras in like pretty neat costumes basically i mean i i feel like so there's a really good pauline kale quote that i think of uh when i think about this movie where she's talking about um like trash like bad movies 
um, and how you should, uh, how, or at least how she feels about bad movies. Uh, and I kind of just want to read this quote right now. Uh, yeah. Movies are so rarely great art that if we cannot appreciate great trash, we have very little reason to be interested in them. And when I think of great trash, this is the type of movie uh, that I think of. Because I think on a lot of levels, this movie doesn't work, really. Um, And there's a lot of the movie that I feel like isn't really, like it feels kind of like these people were kind of just like having a good time and kind of riffing and uh, having fun with it. But they're, I mean, like the, I would, we're going to have to get into the characters at some point. I feel yeah. like none of the only one that's likable actually gets shot at the beginning of the movie and is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, like there's really nobody to, I would say, like, I don't know if that's your guys's experience. Yeah. The only way that I can like the characters in is in a very superficial way. Like, I like the way the baseball furies look. Like I think they're they I think they look fucking great, um, and that so, their design is good. But are it, any of these characters good? No. But okay, so it says a yeah. lot about the sort of the sort of state of movie making at that time. Like this, it's one of those things that like these things go in sort of waves, and you know at this time, like the '70s, sort of gritty, you know, yeah. anti-hero, you know, right. this, a huge legacy of like exploitation movies and these, you right. know the movies that you know we're going to be showing up on like you know as um double features with like some other cheap movie or going to get like a small theatrical run so like by having these sort of seedier elements to it it like helps you market the film right Uh, but i also yeah i think like you know this this movie's feeling on gang members and them as being like just dirty, awful soldiers who go around, you know, causing violence. It's like, you're not supposed to like them very much. They're all bad people and they all get punished for being bad people mm-hmm. and elements throughout the movie. Uh, but yeah, even like the guy who's supposed to be a hero is still like a real prick through most yeah. of it. He's, he's garbage. He's although he does get asshole. a girlfriend out of it. Yeah. He gets a girlfriend for being. He just negs her the whole time. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So let's just let's just jump into it then. Let's do it. So I am so surprised though by how this has gone so far. This is not how I was expecting this conversation to be. I guess oh, actually that thing Anthony just said is what I was expecting more of. That was the slightly condescending part that I was expecting, and I'm just so surprised that you Hunter said it first and got the brunt of that. Um, so uh, we're gonna move. We're gonna move right on from uh, the no stupid question segment into. So um, is this okay? <laughs> Our segment about stuff that is kind of or inc- in- incredibly gross. So um, my feel, my trying to figure out if I dig it is very conflicted right. because I I felt like in the way that some some movies are referred to as guilty pleasures that I don't think are such. I feel like most of the time when people say that they're not actually, they don't actually feel guilty about it. Um, and uh, this, I, f- I enjoyed a l- large portions of it. I, I even kind of loved some parts of it. Mm-hmm. And then I felt, and I, but the whole time feeling sick to my stomach for enjoying stuff, this felt like a guilty pleasure. This felt like actually the way like junk food affects guilt. my body. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, there's some tasty bits of this, and I already feel sick, but I'm still eating it. That's yeah. how I felt with it. So the just to explain out what those parts are to people who have not seen it, um, it's not just that they're not likable, it's that they are there's a lot of sexual violence, there's a lot of homophobic Homophobia, slurs. Yeah. Um, there is uh 
like almost no uh, empathy. Also, the main thing that we're supposed to like like relate to the driving force of all of these characters is macho bullshit, right? The most it's, important principle that all of them share: the you know, every man must have a code, and their code is all macho bullshit, and it's super disgusting. And I would I would feel that and be like, man, fuck all these guys. And then they do the thing where they cut to the DJ. Yeah. playing a tune and describing in kind of code it's in fucking like, cool <laughs> describing the gang fight that is happening on the streets and giving updates and it's so fucking cool <laughs> it's so cool Hunter. why would you do this and the yeah. guy like they look like they do look like uh fucking barbershop quartets but in this cool way the right. guy in the subway on roller skates is trying to kill him is oh, around the pinball machines from the 70s it's so yep. fucking cool yeah well, I think I, I mean so it it is based off uh it was it's not based off the Odyssey the the original story is based off uh what is it called Apostus or something like that Anabasis um, and Anabasis. I'm probably mis mispronouncing yes. that um, um and actually yeah. the original story uh it sounds like they maybe whitewashed it a little bit I have not read the original book but in the description of it it described the warriors which they're not even called the warriors in the original book they're called the dominators or the desolators something like that Ugh. the dominators not as good of a title do what not as good of a title for a movie the dominators well, it's, weird it's a very it's, different it, movie it's weird because the title of the book is called the warriors but then the 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 main gang is called the coney island dominators oh, but so they're just all warriors is the general term yeah so the, so they're just kind yeah. yeah, they've kind of taken the general term and then they made that the name of the main gang. But it also sounds like the gang is mostly African-American uh, and Hispanic. Uh, I actually didn't see in the description any uh, oh. white people described as being a part of it. So it sounds like they probably they made the the gang, the main gang whiter, I believe. Um, that's just a guess, though. Um, and also I- they without even thinking about it, just, I think, reproduced all of the. Uh, horrible elements of an original Greek story. Like it feels that I would say it's that uh, level of just like, this is, I can't believe that no one looked at each other and was like, should we maybe tone it down? Should this maybe happen differently? Um, So it has that level of unawareness. Yeah. Yeah. Super gross. Greek mythology level of unawareness. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I did just because uh, while I was looking up that name, uh, I already forgot it. Um, Am uh, Anabasis? Um, uh, the article that I pulled up that had that also um, taught me that the uh, character who played Fox, uh, whose name is Tom Waits, uh, Thomas Waits, um, was like a real piece of shit and would always like go sneak off and get high during the filming, and then mm-hmm. was like a dick. And so he's the one who got thrown in into the subway by the police. And I thought that scene is so crazy. And the reason is they just couldn't handle working with this actor. So they wow. killed him off without his permission. So it's a, it's just somebody who kind of looks like him wearing his jacket, doing the stunt with the cop. And they just wrote it in into the movie. The director uh, just came to the stunt coordinator and said, figure out a way to kill him off because I'm firing him today. Mm-hmm. And then. Think about like another actor who shows up to work and you're like, hey, you have 12 more lines today. Memorize them. We right. fire this other guy. You, yeah. get all, you get all his stuff. Yeah. What a crazy thing. Um, but yeah, it's just so fucking gross. And it's also really cool. And this is a thing that we've dealt with with a couple of like there are certain. I don't like with talking about Westerns. Uh, like there are certain tropes of macho bullshit 
and I where I hate them, and also I feel my body reacting to it, mm-hmm. like where like the this this uh, study of coolness is super interesting, and in a, in a way that I hate. So I don't know, just why? So what? What? What do we? So is this okay? What's like? How do you? Where do you come out? Where do you guys come out on this? Uh, I mean, I just feel so weird. I guess I let's define okay because. Uh, I think, I think maybe that. Like, what? What do you mean by okay? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's a movie of full of a no, lot of okay. bad it's, it's stuff. Gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I um, think it's it's so it's not really. Uh, I would say it's not even complex enough for there to be any way to offer another take on it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's gross. Yeah. There's really no excusing it. Um. No, so, I guess yeah. it's, just, it's mostly just visually. It's just there's some filmmaking stuff that I guess I responded to really well. There's also, you know, the one thing for something that jumps out at me is um, when the bad guy is yelling at the Warriors to come out and play and he's just clinking empty bottles yeah. together on his finger. I mean, that's legendary. one of the most iconic sequences from this. I mean, and it would have to be because it like I, I just the writing of that, the co- conceptualizing that it's so weird. Yeah. And so specific and so grating in this way that it like that is fascinating. And I, I, I did not know it was iconic, but it makes perfect sense. That's yeah. how you make an iconic thing. And yeah. so to have a movie that has the power to do that kind of thing. And then like and also like the baseball clowns, like picturing those. The idea, the gang members in New York, like paint their faces with full clown makeup every day right. and, and, right. and wear baseball uh, uniforms and carry baseball bats like the dedication to the cosplay of that it's so fascinating and interesting and kept me engaged while also being disgusted so i, mean, so I guess i, I, I don't I know what i mean by okay but just like uh, how but, should like how do i feel how do i, I think I, so i think the cult i think our culture has actually done something with this movie that i think is maybe this is maybe like an example of uh it i the movie itself is not okay but the aspects that you liked of this movie have clearly influenced the culture and gotten into um, a lot of different other works. Uh, it's it's crazy how many th- yeah, things this movie has inspired. And the bad parts, like I didn't even remember how shitty this movie was. I didn't remember at all when I brought it up. Yeah, and I think it was. also that kind of so like there's this there's this game I really like a lot um, called Jet Grind Radio. Uh, that came it was came out on the Sega Dreamcast in like the early 2000s uh, mm-hmm. and it is a warriors ripoff made by Sega Japanese people uh, made this game that is a ripoff of the warriors uh, w- where instead of them they're they're still gangs but they're roller rollerblading gangs it uses all of the same like transition type stuff um, it has a lot of and it's all set in Tokyo instead of New York um, it does the same thing of like each gang has like a theme uh, and it's always the the gang you're playing as has to deal with another gang and then like the police. Uh, and it's obviously very inspired by the Warriors. And I there yeah. are so many times that people have quoted this movie, but what they don't what they're not reproducing from it, what they're leaving out is all of this nastiness. And that is to not say that it is okay or not okay. I just feel like this is an example of we've kind of washed the dirty out of this movie culturally, I think, and forgotten that, oh, there was actually a lot of really shitty stuff 
yeah, back I, in that movie. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I think of it as sort of like, um, you know, there's been a lot of conversation over the last week or so about Gone with the Wind and it like getting pulled off HBO Max yeah. and yeah. like mm-hmm. when people reevaluating it. And I think that all out and stuff like this is going to age in different ways. I think that there's a difference between like recognizing like this movie, especially at the time they were supposed to come off as bad people, but right. through the hindsight of time and progress, it just reinforces that in a way yeah. that like yeah. even the filmmakers didn't intend. Um, but I think that one, a movie that features bad people is okay. Right. Like it is, it can like, and that your mileage is going to vary for different people across the board i I don't think that a movie having bad even if the protagonist fall in sense of poses oh bad people that is not an endorsement or a reflection of you as a person for watching that movie we can make movies about bad people right right. that's not necessarily the issue is and again like i said your mileage is going to vary there's definitely movies that because of weird stuff i've had in my life i find sort of triggering and just don't want to revisit there's definitely people who you know stuff like you know sexual violence uh you know racial um you know homophobic slurs or just a line like i've seen that enough in movies i literally don't need to ever see it again i totally understand that right um but i and like i think that even though that is the case, it doesn't mean that things should be like looked back on as like not okay or not something that you should have to, something you should be willing to engage with. I think if you're willing to engage with it, like you said, there's so much stuff that has been taken from this movie that has been so culturally important, but also at the same time, if you can sort of like pit the really offensive things sort of in the context of the genre and of the time and sort of take it back and sort of like, you know, I always think of like what they should do with something like Gone with the Wind. Is you ever seen the um, the Tom and Jerry buffers that Warner Brothers puts in front of? Yeah, the I did talk about this last week, but yeah, the yeah. they do the hey, this is a different time, and it's and it was still fucked up then, and we shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, I think that there is something that like I can think of movies that came out three years ago. That should have one of those on. Or what's the version of that where it's like, look, it wasn't a different time. We f- should have fucking known yeah. better. It was three yeah. years ago. I mean, right. you know, you look at something like Jared Leto winning a Oscar for playing a trans character in a movie. Yeah. Like, some of that only happened a few years ago. Green Book was three years ago. Like yeah, that movie probably recent. wouldn't get made right now. Um, so like, you know, or tragically would. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the type of thing that is like your your mileage is going to vary and it's going to like be sort of a personal line that you feel. But I just don't feel like there is like a like if there are elements to this movie that like worked for you and you really enjoy, you can like say like, yeah, that movie's got problems to it. But also like I can appreciate it for the things it does and the things it does well without like taking it as like some kind of like this movie is not pro assault in it. You know what I mean? It's right. not pro homophobia in like at the end of the day. It's just like a shitty character who says this who gets his come up and very quickly. Yeah, and we, I um, it also is it worth pointing out since we were talking about this in a conjunction with Repo Man that Repo Man also had some homophobic slurs. Yes. In it. Yes. Um that uh, I remembered, I, oddly enough. Yeah. And I oh, even okay. considered it a connection. I was like, oh, another movie I can yeah. think of that I wish didn't have homophobia in it, but I really like a lot in a lot of ways. Uh, well, so try to understand what you were just saying, Anthony. Like, I, 
it reminds me of like a lot of discussions that are happening right now. And I just want to make sure that I'm prioritizing it right. So there's like this uh, tweet that a lot of people shared that was like, when instead of saying, uh, it's so corny, even like I feel like to say this, like I just sound like such an idiot. But anyway, well, just like it's a great point. And it just sounds dumb coming from me, I guess, to be like, hey, remember this tweet that was really meaningful. But anyway, there's a tweet (laughs) that everybody saw that was like, instead of saying, um, uh, uh, I don't, Police police violence is bad, but I don't like people breaking store windows. You yeah, should yeah. say, I don't like breaking store windows, but police violence is bad. Right, so I want to yes. make sure I'm doing the same structure here where I don't like, should I be saying, instead of saying like, man, this movie is so good, but also has these problems. Should it be like, man, this movie is so problematic, but it has a few things we can learn and we can take from it. I just want to make sure I'm prioritizing that part yeah. correctly. And part of it, like to also tie it to now is like when you're talking about like statues of people uh like not not confederate generals that's just like obviously insane and there's no justification for it but there are places where you're like uh you know when you if you're like uh this is uh, the washington monument is this problematic and the answer is like obviously yes he's super problematic and also has these things and so i wonder with like i guess the issue is really one of celebration and of what what you commemorate so with this movie it is gross, but it has some things I like about it. But how do we how do we deal with that? Where do we set it in the pantheon? How do we weight this properly in memory? With like Green Book, the answer is like you don't give it a fucking Oscar, you idiot. But that like th- that's not the question here. It's an old movie. Like, are we celebrating it by talking about it? Are we are we doing proper justice to how bad it is to like convince you that you shouldn't watch it unless you do like unless you're just watching it for the vests and the well, cool radio lady? It, but it like, comes down to what you know. What do you again? Like, what do you? Where do you sort of draw that line on the post and the post and basis? And also, what are you looking for? I think within the yeah. notion of this podcast series as being like a you know quote unquote film school thing. Like, there is definitely something to view it through that lens. I mean, like, fucking, to be honest with you, if this was a real film school, we probably would have watched, like, Birth of a Nation by now. Yep, yep, right? You right. cannot watch, you cannot actually study, if you want to very academically study the actual origin and how we got here in movie making without having the proper context for it, right? So it's yeah. like, there are definitely, if you want to approach it from that I think the Warriors falls into like a movie that is like it's very culturally important, very much of a time. If you want to approach it through a just like I love kind of fucking grimy, uh, exploit like exploitation type movies, this is a movie that viewed through that prism, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. If you're a fan of like you know, if you live in modern day New York and you're like, man, I miss how the shitty the subways looked in the 70s. <laughs> this is a great movie to view with you and be like, oh, yeah, I remember how dirty these dank these places used to right. be. It's um, amazing that people rode on that subway. Yeah. So I think it's it just kind of comes down to like what prism you want to view with you. This is definitely certainly not the type of movie if people were just asking me for fun uh, suggestions I would give through without any ca- caveats. But I think in in sort of this context and sort of a lot of other ones, it's certainly okay to sort of discuss the film without couching it in other things because, you know, those are either going to be assumed, unfortunately, or yeah. it's just going to be the type of thing where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, of course, but there's something greater there to dig into. There's more more gold in those hills than there is sludge, you know? I mean, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And, and I, I do I, feel like culturally it's kind of already been plundered 
You know what I mean? Like at 30, people have already come in and been like, let's let's take this, let's take that. Um, we're going to leave these bits. Uh, we're not going to talk yeah. about those. Let's, let's just leave those there. Well, that's, but the yeah, other that's thing too is- an interesting point. I like the, that a lot. The, um, the times themselves, I mean, the, the context that it was released in is also, uh, I think, important because I think now we- we look back on this and we see um, we see the sludge and all the positive things we see are a little more uh, surfacey. It's kind of a surface movie anyways, but uh, the um, there is a progressive aspect to it at the time that people saw that doesn't really that doesn't work for us anymore. But the idea of gangs being uh, <laughs> this is weird to say at this point in the conversation, but this movie got pushback for not depicting gangs like violently enough or showing them as being like an all out like this this movie in some ways actually made the the idea of gang violence a little too like uh a little too neutral um but it was actually to the gang violence in this movie almost right which in a weird way is actually kind of a positive representation for a lot of people who at the time uh, were kind of stuck in that world or that was part of their world regardless and they had no yeah. um, there was no representation for them besides just like pure demonization and obviously this movie does not make a strong case for these people as good people but but compared to how else or compared to other ways that gangs were depicted at this time uh, this was actually considered a kind of progressive take that's, in that's some really ways. Interesting. So I don't feel like it's and, glorifying it, but I do want, but I, I could see how you would at the time watch this and be like, it's humanizing people. Yeah. And, and, and this, the way you said it is really, I just want to underline what you said as being like people who were like in a situation where this was their only option. Yeah, that's, at the end of the day, what the Warriors is ultimately about is that through collective action, we are more powerful, but like a system is designed to keep us fighting each other rather than fighting the real that's, problem. Right? That's, yeah. a, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is what it's trying to get at, I think. And, and, and it's using that and it's showing that one of the ways that they do that is that the police will arrest you for nothing all the time. Yeah. Yes. Police in New York will arrest you for kissing a lady too hard who asked to kiss you to kiss her like right. that was the weirdest thing i have no idea what was happening there that was he weird too because you come into that creepy. scene being like god this is the guy i hate the fucking most this yes. is the worst guy in the movie he's and a guy he's... who would commit crimes yes but in this particular case has not yeah that scene is Look so strange in his eyes, it's like he w- but like the cops are constantly just showing up and being like kids arrest him like yeah how dare you <laughs> hang out it's there is something I think that you could make a rating about identifying simple like the the costumes and the iconography of youth, right? Because everyone is wearing a gang costume for better or yeah. worse. Like there is something just through who you are and the the clothes you wear that gives them enough. You know, they're not harassing the the couple, the like thirty year old couple who just left the high school prom <laughs> that they run into on the subway. You know, I spent Megan. I spent so long figuring out if they were the youngest couple that are who are going on a double date to Broadway or the oldest high schoolers who have ever lived coming yeah. from prom. It was really unclear. Yeah, you know, so there is, and you know, there is like a a sort of a direct tie to like. You know, like, did the police incite that gang to, like, do the assassination? Like, was there, like, a bigger thing within the system sort of keeping these gangs fighting each other and sort of pointing fingers? That there is stuff to it that, like, 
there are things that you can understand why this came out when you're looking at even a you know sort of problematic people or people who want to avoid that just the feeling of this movie there's a reason why this movie like relates with a lot of you know sort of younger people at a certain age um, yeah that i think is like worth digging into as well you know I think yeah. that's a yeah. This is a I think that's a good way to to leave it. I think that's an interesting conversation, and I I think what you said, Hunter, that I will keep looking for later is if, if there's stuff that like the things to be mined culturally have been mined by other filmmakers without the problematicness. I would be happy watching that second choice. Yeah, that I mean, second the order problem is they just they take the good stuff and they just mine into new different problematic hills. Yeah, that's true. They I, still bring in their problematic stuff <laughs> into the new thing. Yeah, but. that's. That's why, yeah. uh, like I said, uh, watch Moonstruck this week from the mid eighties. <laughs> Not really a single problematic thing in the whole no. movie. Uh, uh, you you I'm going to sit down and watch it now. I'll find it. I'll figure it out. Yeah, there's no way a comedy from the eighties went by without anything problematic. There's absolutely there's, no way. There's a few things that are a little eyebrow eyebrow raisy, but I think they make sense within the context of the movie. All right. Well, let's let's go on. We're gonna uh, thank a thank a meat buddy before we go. So let's do that. And this is our this will be our our wrap on the Warriors. We're gonna come out and play. All right. So uh, we have so many amazing meat buddies to thank today. We're going to do a special segment for one of our new Metreons, our new meat buddies uh, who went to Patreon. Uh, this week, we are thank- thanking Sarah from Mokina. Mokina. Thank you. Um, so Sarah from Mokina, uh, who says, I've been listening for a few years and Patreon is so easy that I just wanted to, con- I thought it'd be a great time to contribute. Also, I really appreciate that you guys pay your guests, so I should co- contribute to your ability to do that, which... Um, uh, yeah, when we talk about like uh, the expenses of the show, like there's like a fixed cost of of hosting and such, and then like I also pay everyone who appears on the show except myself. So that's where a lot of the money goes is to pay people to be on the show. So uh, I mentioned that casually a few a little while back, a year or two ago, and then everyone was like, "Oh shit, that's amazing!" So um, I'm happy to bring it up again. I did not realize it was that impressive to people but that's what we do with it so thank you sarah i think that's the one of the best reasons to contribute i mean i feel like i should be saying thank you sarah thank you sarah thanks thanks for paying me (laughs) yeah there you go um so uh sarah asked for a uh, a random compliment segment so we've done a few versions of this sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't so all you know about sarah is what i have given you um so far that's all we know i guess there's one thing i will add which is that uh, Sarah is spelled with no H. So it's a pared down Sarah, which um, I like that. I, of course I like that. I'm a huge fan of the no yeah, H. Brevity my, is my the wife, soul of wit. It is. <laughs> my wife is a Megan no H, which I think is very important. Yeah. Uh, and what's fun is that people like named Megan and people named Sarah and other similar things where there's a few variants. They're all very passionate that theirs is the correct spelling. Mm hmm. And so uh, we are in a no H household, uh, Sarah. So obviously big compliments to your, your parents for that one, I guess that's not even for you. Um, but yeah, so based on that information alone or anything you can, you can come up with from that email, random compliments for Sarah from Mokina. I should find out where Mokina is. Jesus. Where the heck is Mokina? That's an important piece of information. Yeah. Please get us that. Cause I am, 
I um, uh, Illinois, no, I, Illinois. Um, I'm guessing outside of Chicago because that's what a lot of Illinois is, but that's also probably upsetting. Um, yeah, it's definitely outside of Chicago, a little, a little south and west of Chicago. Um, looks like a small town, um, unless there's other Mokinas. Um, also, okay, so this is not a, this is sort of about you, Sarah, but I will say huge compliment when you Google Mokina, Illinois, and click on it. The logo, the the first image that is like shows up on the map is a kid in a go kart. Um, which make, it makes That's it seem right like there. it makes it seem like the city of Mokina is mostly by go kart, and I like that. This kid <laughs> number fifty eight go kart city. Like, this yeah, is go kart city USA. The Rainbow Road of America. You know <laughs> oh, what I mean? So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You have chosen to live in a very fun place where everyone gets around by go kart. All right. And... What about okay? What about like kind of a Warriors Riff type movie where they're all, but it's also kind of Mario Kart ish, mm-hmm. and it's set in Illinois. Okay, so it's like so it's a bunch of kids on go karts from uh-huh. Mokina that yeah. go up to like the north side of Chicago for a meeting. Yeah, and then yeah. get blamed for something and have to go kart all the way back, all the way back. All the way, cross country go kart. I love that aspect of it. Actually, imagine driving a go kart but having to make like a pretty sizable journey. Well, imagine. Okay, let me really tie this all into it. All right, instead of a bunch of random gangs that are chasing after you, it's one blue shell. Oh, really? No. Piss off. <laughs> And well, it's not gonna fair. find you. Can't you. Win that? Yeah, that's unwinnable. Yeah. It's kind of uh-huh. an it follows thing too. Yeah, now exactly. the blue True. shell will get you eventually, no yeah, matter you what. Know. You get the only thing you can do is fall movie. back to second, you know, and yeah. then let the first person get it. Right. Uh, um, what would or if it was just kids that were having some sort of meeting and one group of kids go carded up? What are the other way? What are the other kid gangs? Is there a roller skate? kids yeah definitely definitely all the different skater type things we could go for rollerblades skateboard oh, yeah yeah there's a scooter gang yeah scooters a razors uh, yeah uh electric scooters how about there's one that's uh a minivan full of kids and one of the kids <laughs> is like i drive i drive real cars <laughs> and everyone's oh, man. like that's that illegal so terrifying a, a minivan pulls up and a bunch of like mean looking 12 year olds get out yeah. and then you notice that driving yeah. it is also a 12 year old that That's a, a great shot image. right there. This is a really good idea for a movie. Actually, I mean, it's I don't want to glorify the Warriors, but I do want to do a million different like takeoffs or parodies of this. Yep. It's such a yep. great concept, right? And, right. and Sarah, you just earned yourself a screenwriting credit. <laughs> Congrats, Dude, Sarah! That's the you, greatest you might... compliment I can give this, you. Sarah literally just inspired me. Okay, Sarah That's a compliment might be right there. WGA eligible. Yeah. For yep. this, just for being from Mokina, presumably in Illinois, uh, that's that's it. a pretty solid compliment. That's a pretty good thing. Is there are there other Makinas? It doesn't look like it. It looks like the main Makina. It's not even a main. city; it's a village. Well, come on, let's not let's not downplay it. Okay, okay, it's not a city; it's a village. <laughs> Same oh, fact, like, but God, I hate cities. You know, love a good village. <laughs> yeah. We can't wait, stand wait a, cities, though. Smart of you to live in a village. Let me tell yeah. you something else about Makina. Um, let me pull up this. When you, it looks like this is a sign when you enter that tells you like things available in Makina. Um, you know, uh, clubs and things, and it's the Makina Women's Club, uh, Friends of the Library, and that looks like a Lions Club and Saint Mary. So- 
Sounds like you got a nice place to really keep you grounded, Sarah. And I like that about you. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're, like, yeah. you're really connected to the earth. The only other person I know who's from a suburb of Illinois is Wayne Campbell from Wayne's World. Oh, yeah, um, that's true. That's true. So I would imagine you probably cool. Probably got good public access stations over there. From looking right. at this uh, village, even though it is south of Chicago, I'm guessing this is not the south side of Chicago. This looks like... This looks like a pretty nice place, actually. So congratulations on being able to afford a home, probably. For someone who is so scared of getting docks, you like walking right up to the edge of other people's <laughs> docks. No, you, you can't find one person named Sarah, the most popular name in the in last four years. Village? You know what? I'm looking for compliments here. It's popular for a good reason. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for keeping us on track. Yeah, you're right. Anthony. I want to turn is a this into a diss. So okay, sorry. your name is—it's an old classic, is what it is. The classics <laughs> never go out of style. Yeah, it's it. Sarah will will never be done with Sarah. There's going to be new Sarahs forever. What a great name. Uh, I wonder how popular Sarah's name. I actually I said that like I knew it was the most popular name, but uh, I, I don't know how popular Sarah actually is right now. Um, I mean, not now, now, but like. Yeah, historically, because now it's not. They're all Emma's and Sophia's and whatever. But like, how popular was it over the last hundred years? I'm pretty sure it's been a consistent, you know, big one. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a biblical nine. name. Biblical number, names, yeah. are always. That's always true. Yeah, that's true. A lot of those either. up there. Uh, Sarah is number nine most popular names of the last hundred years. So I was right. Pretty solidly up there. So great job being a classic, and just yeah. like the name Sarah. You'll never go out of style. I'm sorry I told everybody where you live. I hope that doesn't get you in any sort of trouble. Um, you see, God, and you went back to it. We could have moved forward. <sighs> like now, it feels like when you circle back to it, it's like you're tempting people even more. It's like stop, <sighs> just move forward. You're right. <laughs> I'm the worst, Sarah. Yeah, I'm we're so like sorry. you brought this idea, and I'm you're so like sorry. just to. Just to make it clear, let's you know, let's not do that that awful I'm thing. Draw I the brought up. the general random compliments section from the options uh, of this <laughs> this segment. Um, although I well, will, you t- kind of just, just go straight to doxing people. It's just that's know, your instinct. I don't know why. Information that I have. That's the first thing that I do. Well, one thing that's fun that we've done before is you just start googling, but you find information's clearly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be wrong. There, there could. It looks like there could be more than one Makina. So, um, okay, it definitely could be not. Alex Falcone. <laughs> yeah, I'll take your word for that. I'm going forward, Anthony. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Congratulations on being uh, union eligible. That's enough. Um, thank you so much for donating, Sarah, and for everybody who's become a meat buddy on our new Patreon system, Metreon.com or Patreon.com/slash. Was it Meat Buddies? <laughs> I just got so excited about the new thing. Yeah, meat buddies, all one word. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, and we, yeah, we appreciate everybody's donating to the show. Uh, let's call it there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back again next week. Next week, we are talking about the 1962 film Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, we are going to go from the last two movies have been kind of like excellent amounts of time 
to what is definitely a two-day watch for us. This is going to be a two full nights of movie viewing. Yeah, um, and you suggested it. This was your... I did suggest you, this. you were desperate for this one. You really wanted it. This one's it. on me. Well, there's a couple things uh, about it that I was interested in. Um, one is that I don't know anything about this part of this war. Um, well, I'm so, sure this movie also is going to be a nice step away from anything problematic. <laughs> just about to say. Oh, <laughs> oh, man, that's so true. It's literally... So, well, so next time it's going to be like, so we're going to talk about the name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this... Wait, is this terrible? I don't know. I, I know very little about the movie. I just... Is um, it, is I it mean, in blackface? There will be some... Oh, no, I don't think there's blackface. Oh, I hope okay. there is. Oh, I, I hope I, there I, is not. There might be some brown face. Brown face? Yeah, from... I guess. Oh, God. But... Um, well, do you want to we change? No, you can't. You can't. Ever forward. If anything, this has been a problematic one-two punch. Okay, let's let's talk about a classic movie that, and let's let's unpack the. Stuff. I just don't know anything about the Ottoman Empire during World War One, and I like. I also feel like World War One is kind of an odd. I just I feel like so many movies are about World War Two and so much about of schools about World War Two and I just hear very little about World War One and I am I was interested in learning a little bit more about it. Also, I was interested in seeing one more classic before we shift gears for the rest of the summer. So it's gonna be good. To... It's gonna be good. We're gonna love it. It's gonna be it's gonna fucking rule. So I a, feel so bad now. Movie. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's AFI's uh, fifth place on AFI's hundred years hundred movies, which is a thing that I've been kind of interested in. Um, on and off, some problematic stuff on there too. But um, but best British film of all time. There's some stuff in there. But yeah, it's gonna be problematic. Uh, send us your thoughts. Podcast at read-weep.com. Let us know if we're doing an okay job. We're not doing a great job, but if we're doing an okay job of navigating uh, stuff, that would be nice to hear. Um, and uh, yeah, and, or email us about anything else. I, I like your keep the suggestions coming. We've got some interesting. Some, we've gotten a lot of interesting suggestions that we have not. Uh, taken any of yet but we could we we it's still a chance oh, man this episode is the worst episode i just keep what? getting okay i keep blowing it you're doing great bud you're doing great we you know you're not blowing it you've got this bud you've got all this. right thanks dude you're you, you'd be great on a road trip you'd hey right. you know what you'd be great on a road trip I'm not. I'm not. I, I I think we'd find something together. You know. I feel like I I do feel like I could be with the right. Like I also feel like the road trips I've ruined. It was partially the other people's fault, uh, or more than partially. Um, although it does help if I get enough sleep. Like the Amazing Race would be so hard for me. Anyway. Oh wait. Have you guys seen the new Netflix show, The Floor Is Lava? No. Okay. What is, that's a real show. It's yeah. a real show. What it sounds like. It's an obstacle course in a house, but the, they just made the floor red water, so it actually looks like it's lava. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, I'm so upset that I didn't think of it. Um, yeah. Wow. Anyway, oh, uh, I just amazing. It, it's so crazy. Uh, don't watch it. It's so bad. But it was just there was like it's like a family or a group of friends. It's the kind of show that I would definitely be the like if the three of us were on that show, I would be the one who blew it. Like that's just how. This, that's how I, I watch these things. Anyway, um, thank you too for joining me, Anthony Lopez uh, and Hunter Donaldson. You guys are great. All right, uh, go make dinner for your wife, Anthony. I'll talk to you both later. Bye. Bye. Bye.